Hi, this is Scott Ware of the Wherewithal Podcast, coming to you from the Radiance Magazine offices in Body Studios, Anaheim. I'm the publisher and editor of Radiance Magazine, Integrative Wellness at its best. Founded over 600 locations in Southern California and at radiancemagazine.org. And explores all forms of wellness and emotional healing that can lead to physical healing and clarity with life purpose even. My guest today is Charles Cine of Anti-Fragility Health and Wellness, whose clinic provides personalized proactive care designed to empower patients to be strong, healthy, and in control of their health. The practice integrates functional medicine with lifestyle changes that lead to healthier outcomes. So we'll get to Charles here in just a moment, but first, do you have stress overload? Network Spinal Analysis by Dr. Tara Rasta is a gentle, vibrational, and profound form of chiropractic that activates the kundalini energy housed in your spine to create the ease your body needs to unwind organically and step up into a healthier state of functioning and possibility. For a free consultation, call 714-679-8608 or go to drdrtararasta.com. Everybody loves a good experience, a good movie, a theme park ride. Well, most people do. But for a more profound and deeper experience with a mental component, a physical component, spiritual if you want it, emotional experience, try the Radiance Experience, which will be featured in the September-October issue of Radiance Magazine. What you will do is you will choose from a list, actually a menu of experiences that are one of a one-of-a-kind, one-on-one sessions with a trained experience expert who will deliver the experience of a lifetime. Step one, you just choose what feels like a a fit for you, call to book it, enjoy, and review it on Yelp. Go to radiancemagazine.org for more details or check out the latest issue out the first week of September. Okay, and we're back with Charles Cine of Anti-Fragility Health and Wellness uh, it sounds like people go into your place and come out stronger. They don't necessarily have to be sick. Correct. Um, we do believe that um, the factors that drive illness or disease are constantly overwhelming us. Mm. We live in a very toxic environment. The air, the water. The air, water, the food. Um, our genetics. Sometimes mm. there are susceptibilities within our genetics, but also there's the aging process. So all of that contributes in some kind of long-term decay. Sure. And that's the fight we fight against to stay healthy. Well, and your, your place is called the Anti-Fragility Health and Wellness Center. What do you, why did you call it Anti-Fragility? To create this... Um, overall outcome-based health objective, which is about how can I stay strong, robust, and resistant in this overwhelming, stressed society? Uh, society? Yeah. How do I stay sane mm. and strong within, in, in spite of the overwhelming odds of toxic, or and all the things that uh, hit us every day. So it's not just people with immune deficiencies that would come to you. It's anybody who uh, wants to strengthen, strengthen themselves. Correct. Yes. Okay. And so um, we, we look at uh, what we call the seven lifestyle signals, and I'll just talk about a couple of them. Sure, please. Um, one of the most important ones are, are sleep patterns. How well are we sleeping? Mm. If we're not getting about seven hours of sleep, uh, eight, seven to eight hours of sleep a night, then there's something wrong. That's without medication, right? Right. right. Uh, you know, <laughs> most people need that to sleep these days. Sure. Uh, secondly, we're looking at things like hydration. How much water are you drinking? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you hydrated enough? Because that is really critical to cellular function. And then we're looking at things like exercise. Right, the body needs that muscles, bones to strong to be strong. Movement, uh, movement. Yes, it's really critical. And then issues around toxicity. How well are you taking care of the water you drink? Mm-hmm. The pollutions around your house, the chemicals, carpets, 
all the things that are modern made in with plastics and stuff like that. And also just the quality of the air you breathe when you're home. You know, just paying attention to those things. Sure. Um, Because from our testing, uh, blood, urine, uh, stool, and saliva, we can show the accumulation Mm -hmm. of toxicity and the impact it has on your overall health and biochemistry. Okay. So what kind of people come to, I mean, because I see in your ad, your health is our journey, incontinence, Alzheimer's, cardio disease, IBS, diabetes, autism, acne, cancer. Yeah. That's quite a range. So So let me talk to you in context of some of our patients that have been there recently. So for example, uh, 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 a friend of mine came, uh, she's about 57 years old. Uh, In all considerations, she's very healthy. She's a very senior executive. She has a very stressful job, mm-hmm. travels globally almost every month. Um, and she said, well, I'm just kind of tired these days. I'm sleeping about four or five hours a night. And I said, okay, calm. Uh, we normally start with uh, doing a body composition. Mm-hmm. And it looks at your overall muscle, water, and fat balance. It's uh, off. It's off balance. Yes. And, and we can begin to tell that something is off there. She's fragile. Yes. She wants to be anti-fragile. Correct, yes. <laughs> and so the balance of water, fat, and muscle has to be in a proportion that gives you that sense of balance. And that's where we begin. Okay. And then we run uh, what we call a, a series of diagnoses, and normally from samples from your blood, uh, urine, stool. Mm-hmm. And then if we begin to look at the different panels um, from your stool, we are looking at the, the balance of pathogens and metabolites in your GI tract. That is like your second brain. Right. It holds 90% of your immune system. Right. That's where the air, the water, the food comes in. Right. So that's where the big fight happens to separate nutrients from pathogens. And we're so much disease happens. Yes, that's really a critical area. Right. So the and and it is important that your GI tract has good diversity with bacteria and that the metabolites that are also being secreted show that it's an active healthy GI tract. That is really the number one thing. Now a lot of people go to the store and they buy the they get the probiotics. Correct. But I understand that there are not all probiotics are good for all people. That there's correct. Yeah. So it's always good for you to do a test and see the balance or imbalance in the diversity of your pathogens or bacteria in your GI tract. Okay. Uh, there are three areas for bacteria in the tract. There's the stomach, then there's the small, and then there's the large intestine. And the diversity they are very different. So when we test you, we see what your diversity is, and then we can recommend a, a combination of probiotics that you should be taking. And typically, you should be taking a combination because um, the impact of you just living in life Mm. depletes some of the good bacteria. Sure. And once there's an imbalance, and how do we know that? It shows every day in your stool. Mm. So there's something called the Bristol stool chart. Okay. So every day you stool, which should be twice a day, Mm. you should check, what's the quality of my stool? Mm. That is a strong indication of what's actually going on in your GI tract. Sure. And so if your stool is soft, smooth, and locked in together, mm. that's a good stool. Right. If it's watery, not good. If it is bally, like clump, mm-hmm. not good. So the stool is an indication. Is there balance in there? And pay attention to that because you don't want to wait Correct. until it's too late. Correct. And not that it's ever too late, but... Yeah, but when it's too late, then you are now in the acute medical system where you have to go to hospital. We want to prevent that. You said something earlier when we were talking that uh, the current medical system is based on acute care, not... Not preventive care. Not preventive and not dealing with chronic. Correct. Yeah, chronic illnesses. Talk about that a little bit. Yes, so acute care is when you have an accident, Mm -hmm. trauma. Right. Right. You have a heart attack. You have an accident. That's for acute or you're care. Gonna, or you're going to actually give birth. Yes, right there, something yeah. traumatic. Yes. Or, or, yeah, big event. Yeah. yeah, big events, right? Yeah. Give birth or you die or accident yeah. or surgery or heart attack. You know those things. Right. 
But most of life is a gradual, what we call deterioration of health, mm. right? Accumulation of cholesterol. And we start to get yes. run down. And Slowly, we, yeah. We don't go to the doctor. We don't yeah, check we it out. We won't think there's something wrong. Oh, last night I was a bit dizzy, but, you know, I went to bed. I feel okay this morning. Right. That was an indication something is not right. Like I was talking about the stool, right? When right. your stool is persistently not right, right. something is wrong. Mm-hmm. So you go, go fix it. Because if your the balance of bacteria in your GI tract is not right, mm. it means pathogens are beginning to attack the inner lining of your immune system. Mm. And that is really at the core of inflammation. Mm. Inflammation is at the source of osteoarthritis and so many other illnesses, including Alzheimer's. And that persistent chronic inflammation is really what causes a lot of disease. And it is the attack or the fight. Don't forget inflammation is the body's response to attack. Right. So when these pathogens begin to violate the GI tract wall, our body mounts an attack. When that attack is persistent, Mm -hmm. it's what you call chronic inflammation. Okay. And that's what leads to osteoarthritis, to a lot of all the other illnesses that we have. I know someone who would talk about how she would go to the movies and be embarrassed that she couldn't get up after the movie. Yeah, weak legs. Yeah. Well, well it legs. just yeah, and then she went on the anti-inflammation diet. Yes. And eliminated certain foods yes. from her diet and, and it went, went away. away. Exactly. Yeah. Because those foods were actually causing this war mm-hmm. in the lining of the GI tract. Because of her particular tendency or her particular um, Yeah, architecture. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, because some of us are just allergic to certain things. Right. And But you could even address that also by if you mount the right diversity of bacteria in your GI tract, it should be able to take whatever comes mm. with some little consequences. If we set it up properly. If you set it up properly, okay. yes. And so you shouldn't have any allergies. For example, I don't, I'm not allergic to any foods. Mm. Okay. If you are allergic to certain foods, something is wrong with the bacterial architecture. Are you saying all food allergies are reversible? Correct. They are. Wow. Okay. Yes, they are. Generally, they are. Okay. Yeah. That's a strong statement. Yeah, it's very strong. Because, I mean, sometimes some of it is uh, genetic, but even that can be compensated if you put the right flora in your GI tract. And what is the right flora? It depends on you. Yeah. So when we measure it, ah. so uh, th- so as we, we play with this flora issue, yeah. so more and more children today are born through C-section. And that is really one of the reasons for why, yes, for allergies. Because when children come through the vaginal tract, mm-hmm. they actually experience a fundamental change and enrichment to their flora in the GI tract. That's why babies, if they come naturally true. Well, how is how has that happened? It, it, it's we don't understand. We yet. don't understand it. Okay, but that's how God it made it. Yeah, right. and so when we take the babies out, yeah, the way that God didn't plan it, right? They don't have that biochemical experience. Biochemical, okay. Yes, and therefore some doctors now repopulate the children with the mother's flora or feces. Okay. So that they can get that richness in their bacterial system. Interesting. Yes. It's really, the research is out there. Sure. That most children who were born through cesarean do not have a rich GI flora. Seems like the people that would come see you, that would come to the anti-fragility clinic in Anaheim, California. Yeah. Would... Um, would already be aware of a lot of things. They'd already have a, an awareness of themselves. Um possibly some hypochondriacs, but also um, just people who have more awareness. It's not the average person. They want the the person in the white coat who has a certain kind of degree. You have three master's degrees and um, even in, in math and mathematics and um, some other things, but you, you've studied all this and you, and you've been consulting for 30 years. Correct. And what, what can people hope for or expect from you? I mean, when they, okay. when they come see you after all the tests are done. Yeah. Well, you, so I'm just the CEO. I'm not the clinician. So okay. I have doctors and nurses okay. and staff who uh, have been trained in functional 
I'm lifestyle medicine. Now, how is that different from the average white coat? Uh, those white coats deal with acute health. Right. They do not understand chronic illness. And, and many people come with chronic? Yes. Most Americans have chronic illness. Mostly. And when they go to a, um, an allopathic doctor? Yeah. Those doctors are intervening mm -hmm. at a very powerful level, okay. which compromises the body. Uh, so the treatment, that, because they're not holistic, yes. usually, yes, uh, which means they don't take everything into account because yes. they don't have time. Yes. The, the, and the, and the, the insurance, the insurance system, the medications, was is too traumatic for the system. Right. A more holistic system is a gentle approach that allows the body to slowly and quietly recover to what we call homostasis. Right where the body heals itself. The body knows what it needs. So if you provide to the mind, the body, and the spirit, the body heals itself. See, homeostasis is a concept not a lot of people know. Yes. They think when they go to the doctor, they get healed with the Band-Aid on the cut, but that just helped the body heal itself. Correct. You're just healing the body. You're not healing the mind and the spirit, which are all so part of that illness and things so. can come back if you don't heal the, exactly the, yeah, exactly for example we know stress right, right. Uh, and its challenges mm -hmm. and how impactful that is um allopathic doctors don't talk about stress right they don't talk about meditation well they, that's right because if they had to talk about stress truly and we meditate they'd have to get to know you correct and that could take some time they'd have to sit down and take a load off exactly and have a cup of tea or what <laughs> And so um, when, when I, my patients come in, I'm looking at those four things I mentioned earlier, your health, uh, money, uh, knowledge, and time. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, our biggest stresses come from time and money. Or what we perceive of a lack of time. Correct. The fact that we all have the same amount of time <laughs> and the fact that we are living in the past rather than in the present mm. creates significant extra load. Can you imagine going into an allopathic doctor's office and said, one of the first things he says is, I'm going to teach you how to live in the present. Exactly. That's going to help you quite a bit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and you know, like one of the big challenges we also find is that with the fact about living in the past is the issue of acceptance and forgiveness. Mm. Right. So we have grown up with perceptions of the hurts that, were visited to us by family, friends, and all of that. Yeah. And we carry that mm -hmm. persistently without saying, okay, at some point I need to let this go. It happened in the past. And, and there's very little conversation for this out there in the mainstream. Correct. Because they say the, there's the, if you want to break it down to the wellness industry and the sickness industry, yes. the wellness industry actually has more dollars as a whole, but they're not organized. They're Correct. chiropractor over here, yeah. acupuncturist over there, but the, the other there is, guys are yeah, and, so, and that's what we want to bring together. And we will outsource to those people based on need. Some of my patients come and they have, they are totally misaligned. I'll mm. send them to a chiropractor for, for, sure. for strengthening, strengthening of their core yeah. uh, or to a Pilates class, or I send them to a meditational class for them to go learn how to meditate. Because meditation yeah. will, will force them to be able to come to the present. Right. But also visit what we call those hidden factors of acceptance and forgiveness mm -hmm. that's required for the clearing that is needed for you to move into the future. Man, a lot of doctors don't talk like that. Um, you know, I, I think I might have invited you to the Holistic Chamber of Commerce meeting. Um, that'd be a good place for you to come and, and tell everybody what you do. And you'll find a lot more people in the tribe that you can refer to, that'll yes, refer to you. Exactly. I'd love that. Yeah, it's growing. A lot of people yeah. never, didn't even know a holistic chamber of commerce exists. Wow. I, I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great. Yeah. Um, so um, let's talk about autism. Yes. People bring you their, their kids with autism or their... But, but you need to also understand that autism is a spectrum. Yes. Uh, of lots of genetic illnesses and nutritional deficiencies. Oh. Yes. Okay. And so the important thing about autism is to really find out what is the genetic issue and what are those deficiencies 
and what is causing that overexcitation, mm. a neurological excitation okay. that is leading to those sim- symptoms. And there is a, now a gentle approach of now looking at the deficiencies. Okay. And sometimes it's toxicity in the home mm. that's okay. triggering it. Wow. And so you really have to go look at the overall and the holistic, holistic. view, what's happening in the environment, right. what's the genetic architecture, what's the bio- biochemical architecture, what is the nutrition, mm. what is triggering, what is triggering this response from the child's biochemistry. That's really at the heart of this issue. Sounds like you've had some success there. Well, slowly, yes. Yeah. You, we are seeing some impactful changes oh, good. in the children okay. as they begin to slowly become less excited and just begin to become mainstream. So you solve one level of challenges, you can get to the next level. Correct. Okay. Correct. You have to create real stability. Um, there is this interesting book called Never Be Sick Again. Yeah. And it, it goes to the heart of this, that there are two reasons why we get sick or chronic illnesses. One is toxicity, mm-hmm. and all of that is from the environment. Right. And those, that toxicity triggers a lot of things within us. The second one is cellular deficiency. And that's where nutrition, nutrition becomes really critical. The body has certain critical nutrient requirements that must be met. Right. See, you give lithium to somebody who has depression and they're all right. So it's not like depression was caused by something they did. (laughs) It was a deficiency in a simple thing like lithium. Mm. or selenium, or magnesium, Mm. right? So all these nutrients are very critical that we have them. So that's why some people say, well, why do I need to take supplements? Because our food today does not have the nutrients that it used to have. Because of the soils depleted. Correct. And they're not leaving the fields fallow. For seven years, as is the practice in most other uh, ancient cultures, yes, where you allow the earth to replenish itself, mm. and therefore the earth can then bless us with the nutrients that we require. We're giving up wisdom for expediency, for speed and for amount. Right. Yes, you understand, and that, and that we're paying the price. So even when I look at the macronutrients and the micronutrients, we begin to find out. For example, look at men, uh, erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm is becoming a significant issue in Western population. Oh, yes, almost almost most Americans above the age of 50, most, about 60% of them have an are, issue. Yes, mm-hmm. with erectile dysfunction or performance around issues of intimacy. And most of that is surrounded around the chronic disease issues. Okay, so yes. what are they doing differently now to have that that they weren't before? What's, well, what are we, we, doing? so, so we, we, we have brought a lot of medications like Viagra, Cialis, yeah. and all these things, right. but that's not addressing the fundamental issues. Which is? Which is hormones. Hormones. Are depleted with age and chronic, underlying chronic illnesses of inflammation and toxicity. Okay. And when you clear those, then the issue of virility just re, re, readjust itself. So it's inflammation. Yes. And coming from poor diet, from yes. toxicity. From lack of exercise, right. from lack of sleep, from stress. <laughs> you sure. name it. Yeah. Okay. Just the things that plague us in Western life. Lifestyle. Yeah. Lifestyle. That's at the core of it. Okay. You know, you say, oh, well, I sleep only four hours a night. That's not enough. Right. Not the, the body. Well. Yes. The body needs above seven hours of sleep every night because sleep is a very important part of health. That's when the body does all the garbage clearing, Mm -hmm. the readjusting, the checking Mm -hmm. of cellular architecture function, what's going on. That's why most heart attacks occur at 4 a.m. in the morning. Because it did all the checks and said, said, this is not working. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Most heart attacks occur in the morning. 
So in your sleep, the checks are happening. Checks yes. Okay. If the body is like doing a system check, hmm. and then sometimes it reboots and the system fails. Right. It reboots and the system fails, right? Oh. Just like your computer. Oh, it right. reboots and it fails, right? Right, Because it checked and there is just failure here. We can't, this is, cannot be supported. And how, um, how long have you been there at Anti-Fragility? How long is it? A few uh, years? Well, I, I founded uh, Anti-Fragility about, about six months ago. Okay. So I have been with the partners I work with for about four years. We, okay. we run research for pharma. Okay. So that's where I actually come from. I come from the other side. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. That's right. That's the, right. The other the side of acute care. Right. And it was really my, my experience of seeing what pharma is producing, mm. of seeing the side effects of where we are with all these treatments, of right. seeing patients suffering with these illnesses, wow. and looking at the statistics of where we are going with things like diabetes and the long-term impact of that. And I started saying, we are not going to find a cure for diabetes. It does not exist. Diabetes is a lifestyle disease. But you can reverse it. With lifestyle. With lifestyle. Correct. You can cure it with a medication. Right. You have to change your lifestyle. Right. And now there's some significant research that's coming out showing some significant reversals with diets like ketogenic diets. I'm not sure if you've heard about that. I, I've heard a little bit about that. Yeah, which is a diet. I've heard a lot about that. Well, it's a diet without carbohydrates. Yeah, very low. Yeah, it's very low because it tricks the cell to start burning fat, right, which is really a more efficient energy production system than burning sugar. I agree. I, I feel more energy on it. Oh, oh, are you on it? When I when I am on it. Yeah. <laughs> when I, I, I okay, so I, I didn't know that. Uh, I backslide you. a little no, bit. No, I am on it too. Yeah. And I like you. I yeah. take a couple of days off every week. <laughs> Uh, like weekends, I take off, but during the week, I'm on a ketogenic diet. Well, I notice you um, you bring uh, lunches brought in for your employees every day. Correct, and that's that's amazing. And I and I've been there and I've seen it. I've seen Indian food and there was Korean food today. And you, yeah. it's, it's a big selection, a wide variety. People can have what they want. Yes, um, and that's great. You know, yes. it, it keeps them working harder. Is that it? Uh, no, no uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, people first of all look at the productivity issues around uh, having lunch. First of all, you know, in Anaheim. There are not a lot of good quality eating places. That's number one. Set around my office. Around your office, right? Yes. And number two is that I have a lot of young people. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think they can really afford good lunches uh, on a daily basis. So I think buying for everybody, it's a, it's a cheaper way for us to all get very good sustainable food. Sure. And number three, that addresses that productivity issue. Yeah. I don't want them driving out, going out for lunch. If they don't have to, yeah. Yeah, if they don't just, have to, yeah. But yeah. they take the time off. Right. right. But you uh, find quality restaurants. You go out. I mean, I, we go look for it. Yeah, yes. We, we, we move, make the responsibility of feeding all of us a, an individual responsibility and a team responsibility. So mm. we appoint somebody to do it for a month and then we hand it to the next person. So we get a lot of a variety and oh, different. I see. Yeah. So it's not just one person who arranges it. The responsibility moves. So they go out and actively look for what's emerging in the community, what's good was ah. tasty. And if it comes once or twice, we don't like it, we're like, okay, drop that. Right. Let's do something else. Have you been to Poor Vida? No, I I, I don't know. Where. Okay, I'll talk to you about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, you mentioned uh, diabetes briefly. So yeah. lifestyle, just... Uh, At the core of it, yeah. Scott. Lifestyle. That, there's a saying that lifestyle is really our medicine. Lifestyle is medicine. Lifestyle is medicine. Lifestyle is complicated also. That's what people will say. They'll go, um, I'd rather take all the pills and, and take the insulin. And, but a lot of yes. people are not ready to unpack their lives. Unpack their lives, right. And say, I have 24 hours in a day. I need yeah. to sleep for eight. Yeah. I have 16 left. Right. I need to walk perhaps for eight. And I have eight hours left. What am I actually doing with those eight hours? So you see, I've unpacked it for you. Right. Into three boxes, right? right? Now I have this eight hours in the morning and in the evening. 
what am I doing with it? Right. And that's where we begin to say, okay, I need to start taking responsibility right. for my time. Sure. Right. Which was that. We all have the same amount of it. Right. And then how am I look at money? What am I doing? How much money am I spending more than I'm making? Mm -hmm. And am I saving enough for when things may go haywire? Mm -hmm. Right. Because most of our stress comes from money. And sure. if we could just cut down on right. a lot of the things that we really don't need, sure. it would change a lot. And then spend that money on the things that are really critical for our health, like eating yeah. good, clean vegetables good. and fruits. Right. You really don't have to eat. You know, in the village in Africa, in Cameroon, we used to eat meat once a week and sometimes once a month. Mm. Chicken, fish, and beef are not critical to our diet. Some people would say different body types, different blood types. That's not true. Not true? Yes. Okay. We come from a plant-based diet. It is proven that a plant-based diet yeah. gives us the best outcomes for health. I would agree, especially with what they're putting in most of the meat today. Correct. You have to be careful if you yes. do eat meat. That I mean, the, all the old cultures eat meat once in a while. Look at even the Indians. They'll go hunting and they'll catch something. Yes, but eating meat every day was not part of this architecture. But also the the lifestyle, the running, the the walking, the active. The there doing were lots this. of we don't do that. Things. Yeah, we don't do that. Right. Yes. Um, and then you have, uh, as far as like with, with meat eating, it's, um, yeah, it's a lifestyle. It's it's in the society. I Correct. mean, it's a part of the And family. then uh, a lot of people don't drink water because they don't like the taste. So they grew up drinking soda. And then the sodas have all these additives right. that are really destructive. And you become addictive to it. We become addictive to sugar. So the issue of insulin resistance, they say by the time most American kids are 10 years old, they're already set up for significant chronic illness right. at 10 because of the diet right? of fast food, of sodas, of sweets. Of By the time they're 10 years old, they're already on track right. for diabetes and heart disease. Going back to the ketogenic, is that... Um is that something you can do always, or do people should people take breaks from it? You should take breaks sure. uh, because the pressure uh, of being. But you know, it's like I, I what we are finding out is that if you've been doing it for quite some time, mm -hmm. it becomes normal. Sure. So the question is for it to become a habit where you can go off and on by right. choice, but being very mindful. That's the thing, mindful. Yes, yeah. of unbalanced, right? Right, right. I mean, I, I, you don't, I, I, I don't go out these days and just have like a barbecue, right? Yeah, it's like a meat eating galore. I, right. I, I don't do that. I have a few slices here and there, but I'm not really in, in all out there. But I would, I would splunge on vegetables and fruits and sure, you know, well, certain fruits because I'm also genetically prone to developing insulin resistance. So I don't eat okay. fruits that have high sugar content. Like? Like apples, oranges, bananas. I will once or twice a week, but I wouldn't splunge in that. Okay. Yeah. What do you eat? Mostly blueberries? Blueberries, avocados, yeah. you know, all the other things. Mostly vegetables, yes. Yeah, I, I I do sweet potato too. What do you think? Oh, sweet potato. Yeah. Yes. What do you think of coffee? Ah, because <laughs> I've never been a coffee drinker. I don't really know. Uh, I think that um, when you read uh, Amy Myers or Amy Yasko's work on uh, uh, over excitation, mm. uh, she's not very comfortable with things that continuously excite us. Sure. Because she feels that. It, it reduces the myelation of our neurons. Okay. And that means that that stress on our nervous system is really bad for us. Sure. And that's what coffee does every time. It, it creates overexcitation. Once in a while, it's okay. I mean, if you drank a cup of coffee every morning, I think that's fine. 
but some people drink four, Throughout five, the six. Day. Yes, and, yeah. and that's that's too much. It's like cigarette. It's like smoking. I, I mean, just, my yeah. grandfather smoked tobacco, raw tobacco, until he died at a hundred and two. Ah, not cigarettes, raw tobacco. Okay, and he he smoked it once a day after work. Okay, yes, there's nothing wrong with that. Like those women in um in Nagasaki or, or Osaka who live to a hundred, they the, drink a bottle of. Uh, a sake, sake every night, right? And it's okay. Is that was that a blue zone? <laughs> yes, it's a yeah. blue zone. Why don't yes. you explain what the blue zones are? Well, blue zones are these places where uh, um, the research has shown that they live for very long, healthily, compared to other areas. They generally do not develop chronic illnesses like high cholesterol, high um, HbA1c. They don't develop diabetes. They, they are working. I mean, if you go to Okinawa, the women at 100 years old are still going out and diving and fishing. Right. At 100 years. Right. I mean. <laughs> it's a healthy lifestyle. It, yes. Yeah. And they've, they've been interviewed. And you can see that they are mostly plant-based diets. Right. The blue zones, mm-hmm. mostly Costa Rica, uh, somewhere in, in Europe, around Greece or Italy. Well, we have one very close to here. Yes. Which is... I can't remember where it is again. Um, is it up? Somewhere in the Inland Empire, and it's uh, a group of Seventh-day Adventists. Oh, really? And it's they're eating, I believe, according to what they say, the Bible says they should eat, and it's, it's very plant-based, very healthy. Yeah, very plant-based. And they live, uh, they are rarely sick, and they live to be quite old. Wow, it's in the Inland Empire here? Yeah, I believe, yeah. I can't oh. remember the city. But, but so, so that's the key issue, you know. So people say, well, but... I would like to eat chicken, fish, and meat. Um, the, the challenge with eating um, those things is that we are eating their accumulated toxicities. Mm-hmm. There's remember, a lot of them. Remember, that's why the Jewish and the Muslim bleed the animal. They call it kosher or halal. Right. They actually bleed out the toxins before they eat it. And typically, they would do it only during ceremonies or rituals. That's when meat was eaten. But now that's what's considered kosher. Correct. Well, it, yeah, it's called kosher. Yeah. But culturally, you didn't eat that all the time. So if oh, you, if you look see. at what you, how Europeans, they have cured meats. Right. Which is served as part of lunch or dinner. Right. It's not a gorging on meats. Right. You notice we, we that when you go to Europe. Yes. Yeah. They eat sliced cured meats, and the cured meats are much better, sure, because they've been cured of the toxins. I see. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Alzheimer's. Yes. Oh, the big one. Okay. So, how young are some of these people coming in with Alzheimer's? Sixty. Okay. Fifty mm. professionals. Uh, you know, there's an Alzheimer's um, one, a type of Alzheimer's that's been called type three diabetes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, and the Bredesen Protocol has been known to reverse the cognitive capabilities or deficiencies that come with Alzheimer's. What's the name of the protocol? Bredesen. Okay. He's a professor at UCLA. Okay. He came up with this protocol, and it's a nutritional lifestyle intervention protocol. And it reverses uh, the cognitive decline significantly. It's been achieved at it's achieving percentages of about eighty-four to ninety percent cognitive decline wow. reversals. Okay. Yes, where they can recognize you and now right. they can actively see where they are. And it's nutrition-based, plant-based interventions. Okay. Are we going to reverse this in the next 10, 20 years? Well, the, the challenge worldwide... Or just is, matters how we change our diets. Yeah, the challenge worldwide is that um, the structures of capitalism and the structure of lifestyle and health okay. seem to be at odds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're really getting it. Right. Capitalism it's, itself, yeah. It's I, at odds. Capitalism yeah. is about growth and profits. and But we don't want the growth of tumors. Well, I know that, but we don't seem to seem to make the connection right. that if we're going to grow the economy and continue growing, right. we have to also be mindful of what we're actually growing. Well, there was a first lady who was growing gardens, but I didn't really catch on. Well, was growing things in her garden. Well, the point is that <laughs> how, 
people, our lifestyles is such that who thinks about gardens anymore as something mm-hmm. pleasurable? I grew up on a farm in Africa with my mm-hmm. grandparents. So I have a deep respect for the fact that we had animals, but we didn't eat them. Mm. They were almost providing composting okay. for the plants to grow. Sure. You understand? Right. And so um, how are we going to get back there? But you left to come here and teach us savages. <laughs> no. <laughs> After you had come and indoctrinated us. Uh, you see, my grandfather okay. used to say, oh, no. don't listen to the white man. Right, right. Right. He's brought... Uh, um, fertilizers, which is poisoning our earth. Oh, yeah. My grandfather hated fertilizers right. because he did only composting. Right, natural. And, yes, yeah. which is what the, how, what revitalizes the earth. Because fertilizers have chemicals. Yes, yeah, which don't that are natural. Which, yeah, which are poison, man-made. Yeah. Yes, and and how did we used to know how the earth had recovered? Mm. Earthworms. That's how my father could tell that the earth had followed enough and had recovered when it was populated with earthworms. Wow, Charles, we're ready. Next year, we're going in. Mm. You understand? Yeah. But if you look at most farmland today, you won't find earthworms. Earthworms are a big indication that the earth has recovered. You know, and there's some people out there who say, you know, it's okay if some of the species out there go away that become extinct. It's, It's a part of nature. It's like... At a big cost to us. Correct. And we're getting sick. Yeah, we're getting sick. Sicker. And so ultimately, you wonder how we're going to restrain or constrain capitalism mm. so that it's beneficial to us. There's a movement called conscious capitalism. Yes, I'm aware of it. Yeah. Yes. And that's the real challenge because some people have said, you know, you open a company and everybody's like, oh, you're going to grow, right? You're going to, everybody talks about growth. Mm. Nobody's talking about health. Right. Okay, so look around us. Almost everyone is sick. Mm. But nobody's paying attention. Look at the price. Because my favorite TV program's on. I don't have time. Exactly. Look at the healthcare costs. Healthcare costs, yeah. It's growing out of whack. It's now at 18% of our overall costs as a country. And yet nobody is saying, hold on, this is really getting out of whack. We need to do something about it. Well, because people who say that know that it could come at a cost to them somehow, some way. The economic impact would be significant if we said, okay, we need to remove all these sodas, all these chips, all the fries. Universal health care. Yes, fast food, right? And we need to become responsible. So at the heart of lifestyle yeah. is taking personal responsibility and accountability for your health. That for me yeah. is at the core of sure. the transformation that should happen. Government cannot make us responsible and accountable. Sure. So no. that we may pass laws, right? but people may still say, I don't want to be responsible. Right. So there's this bigger and emerging question. Hmm. For the people who choose to be irresponsible about their health, who's going to pay for them? So, yes, I am a proponent for universal health care. Right. But what about the people who are irresponsible and and, and not just accountable for their health? It's an interesting question. Yeah. And so it's a vexing question. Well, for starters, it you can't. And they do this. They put taxes on cigarettes. They Correct. put taxes on sodas. Yes, and, you know they should. Yeah, they should increase those taxes. Sure, and they should to stop putting the them. Yeah, they should stop putting them in school. Yes, and yeah. they should tax fast food, which is really also at the source of why people are getting very sick. Sure, right. And if they could use that to pay for it, then I'm comfortable with that. I agree. But I think it seems that, just. I, I, well, so this is the real challenge when it comes to the healthcare debate, okay. because uh, the American system didn't start from a community or collective-based healthcare system. It started from an individual-driven system financed by insurance. Right. So I lived in England for 10 years, and three of my children we had in England, and we paid, the tax rate was around 45%. And we had free healthcare, free schooling, subsidized mm. infrastructure, 
And those are the benefits when you have that high level of tax. Sure. Americans are not comfortable with that high level of tax, but they want that collectivist infrastructure that would support everybody. Correct. Well, yeah, enough of a percentage of the population don't want that. They have what they want. And And they are fine with that. It's been said that Winston Churchill said something along the lines of America will always do the right thing once it's tried everything else. Correct. Yes. (laughs) And that Americans have this interesting perspective that they're a very young country. Mm. They don't look at countries that have been there for much longer and say, how did they solve that problem? Right. So, for example, I bring up some very controversial subjects every time I talk about stuff like this. Um, In my culture, if my brother dies Mm. and has children and his wife is still young, she has two options. One, to marry me Mm. and bring those children into my household Mm. or leave those children with me and go out and get married. That way, the children have a strong family structure. Sure. So you see that. But if you're already married, then you would it, just take the kids. Well, it doesn't matter. No, that's why we had polygamy. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, that's why we had polygamy. And it's not about having sex with that woman. It's right. really about keeping the family together. Mm. You understand? Sure. And so this woman would move in. Okay. If she didn't really want to get married, she doesn't have to have sex with me. She would now be part of my family. Okay and be responsible for some of the family duties and taking care of the children. You're right. This is controversial. It is. But then where is the solution for America? So we have this fatherless culture yeah. of children who are growing up without fathers, mm. and we don't have a solution for it. And yet you're not looking at other cultures and say, how did they solve that problem? True. True. We keep thinking that the government should solve it. The government cannot solve the problem of family, of families not being stable, of not having a mother and father in the home. Let me ask you this. What do you love about America? Opportunity Uh and freedom. Right. It provides me this grand playing ground. Right. To experiment, to play and to come up with amazing ideas. It is a place where there is no legacy of who I am, who I was, or who my family is. It is a place where you could recreate yourself. You could become what you have always desired. It is a land of possibility. And that's that's a trade-off. So that That is something that makes America exceptional. There are some things that are definitely not exceptional about America, like you point out. We're number 14. And and, and I think that over time, we're going to catch up because it's also a new nation. We've come as a collective. But even within that collective, we all have come with histories of how we've solved these problems. Well, and the reason, yeah, the reason I mentioned the Winston Churchill quote is because I just heard that with all the wildfires Mm -hmm. in California, Mm -hmm. they're finally getting together with some, uh, to put some legislation together quickly because we have cut back on the things we're supposed to do to take care of the forest, the forest, the burning, the controlled burn-offs and all. And a lot of the environmental people didn't want that happening. So we have this overgrowth which is becoming a real challenge also. But it's also okay. about climate change. I didn't know it was the environmentalists who didn't want it. I oh, thought... Yeah, some of them didn't want the some, market. Okay. Yes. Okay, but yeah. So the trimming of mm-hmm. the forest is very important. It is. To manage the fires. Yeah, that's right. Now but also, there is this irresponsibility of how we're going to deal with people. You know, in my culture, mm-hmm. you set fire like that, they kill you on the spot. No. Nah. So there is the issue of responsibility and accountability too. So one person does something like that to the community. We need to begin to say, how are we going to deal with that? Well, that's uh, that's another issue for another day. (laughs) I know, I know. But I hear what you're saying. (laughs) But um, no, it's uh, that is it's it's devastating for a lot of those people. Obviously, they've lost their homes. It's it's, oh yes, so even when we come back to health, health is an individual and also community responsibility. Yes, because if you're when you're sick. We are all responsible. But we 
stopped caring about each other a while ago. There was a saying, I think, I don't know, it was the 20s or 30s, something about helping your fellow man, looking mm-hmm. out for your brother. Yes. And then that went away with uh, maybe with industrialization. And insurance. Insurance, but industrialization and in, in even, yeah, insurance. And then when people started moving from their villages or towns yes. to the cities, mm. And there was this anonymity in cities where you were no longer connected to family. Because there's parts of America where the family and the the community is still very strong. Right. It is the cities that have created this anonymity that allows us to be sometimes very irresponsible and very uh, unaccountable for the things that we... Yes, because there is no... For example, in my village, my name is very important. Right. There are certain things that I will not do in the village, sure, because it impacts my collective family and right. the name of that family. Got but it. in the city, <clears throat> nobody knows me, right? So I can get away with a lot of things. So people stop caring because if nobody is going to hold me responsible, why should I pay child support? Sure. Why should I maltreat my wife? Do you understand? Sure. When we're in a collective where there's responsibility, then we do not allow certain things to happen. Certain abuses of the system. Exactly. So we have a few minutes left. As far as what people would can expect when they, who, who should come see you? Everyone. Everyone. Yes. Okay. First of all, because you need to know baseline where you are. You know where I am right now. How much toxicity is in my body now? Correct. Okay. What are my genetic susceptibilities? Okay. Where's my health? Sure. It's like I need a baseline. And once you have the baseline, then you know what to do. Okay. And I say, if you've been with me for a year or two, you should not have health insurance. You should only have catastrophic insurance. Because if you're in control of your health and you know all the numbers, you don't need health insurance. That's interesting. So with you for a year or two, the savings on health insurance over the years would be... Yeah, you'll be using, it to, you'll be using it to buy the things that need to give you the lifestyle right. for you to be healthy. Rather than hedging into a future ill state, you are taking care of the present. Right. Well, it says here they can have a free consultation if they call 714-864-3730. And would they have the consultation on the phone? They would come in and do a little bit? They will come in and we'll do a free body composition analysis. Oh, really? And um, begin that journey for them. A free body composition analysis? Yes, a free body composition analysis. Okay. Sounds like you you care about people. You want them to live longer. You want them to live healthier. No, I don't want them to live longer. Oh. I want them to live long and healthy. Okay. So longer, that's what we're doing in America. We're li- making people live longer on medication. I see. I want them to ling- live a long, healthy life. Right. You want more life in their years. Correct. Correct. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's not a life of just survival. Right. Of just being here. Right. Yeah. Um, what is your website? It's um, antifragilityhealth.com. And there's a hyphen between anti and fragility. Correct. Okay. Antifragilityhealth.com. Charles Cine, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Deep appreciation for the work you do, Scott. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was great. All right. Thanks for listening.